When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Future's Focus Podcast. Courtesy of Prospects 1500, I am your host, Alex Sanchez. With me, as usual, is the great David Gasper. David, how's it going tonight? It, it's doing great, man. It, it's getting warm around here. It's like mid-40s. Spring is is finally, you know, coming around here in Wisconsin, or at least it might be fake spring. Who knows? But um, we got spring training on, on TV. Uh, season is, is a couple of weeks away, and, and there's going to be fans in the stands, and it, it's just wonderful to see. It is the most special time of the year when we know baseball is around the corner. We have a great episode here today. Of course, every episode's great, in my opinion, but I think you'll agree for sure 100% if you're listening to this. We have the Dodgers system to go over with Nate Eckert. He is our uh, correspondent at the site, Prospects 1500, of course. And we are going to talk to him about his prospects. A lot of good stuff there. We also have selected a few hitters and pitchers, David and I, that we think you guys should be maybe keeping some eyes on over spring training, see where their stock is at, especially in dynasty leagues, where you might be able to get a bargain or two before these guys really make some noise. So really fun episode this week. I'm very excited to go over it. We do have some news and notes first, but before I get into that, I have a question for you, David. All right, bring it on. Who is your favorite Atlanta Braves player of all time? We always talk about your Brewers, but I want I want to talk about the Braves a little bit. Who's your favorite Braves player? I mean, my favorite Braves player of all time has to be Henry Aaron, man. It, it's got to be Hammer and Hank. Like, he is he's one of the greatest players of all time. Um, and he did a lot of his damage, of, of course, in Milwaukee as well when they were the Milwaukee Braves. Uh, but also spent a number of years out there in Atlanta. And I think he's one of the few players to have statues in front of uh, two ballparks. Um, in two different cities, got a statue down there in Atlanta and at uh, American Family Field now uh, in Milwaukee. So, yeah, favorite of all time, it's got to be Hank Aaron. Yeah, good old 143 career war. Just yeah, solid. Yeah, he he was all right. He had 3,700 hits too. People yeah. might forget about that. If he um, didn't hit a single home run, he still would have had 3,000 hits. That's and, true. And the craziest yeah. thing is that he is far and away the, the career leader in RBIs. And he was playing in essentially the, the dead ball era. Like games were like two to one, three to two. You didn't have that many runs scored back there in in those days. And he's still the the career leader in RBIs. No one's even close to him. No one's even close. RIP as well. Don't forget yeah. to uh, remember January 22nd, one this year. Yeah, I'm going to miss him. He was great. He would come on the, the Braves broadcast and always just so alert and aware of even the modern game. It was just really impressive to see. And I think I know why you picked him. Um, I didn't know this. I mean, 
I'm sure you did. But he came back to Milwaukee in 1975 and 1976 yeah. to hit 22 home runs for you guys in two seasons. So yeah, his, his uh, 755th home run yeah, in a uh, was in Milwaukee. They got a little um, plaque, little thing in the cement out there in the in the parking lot where it landed. So it's always yeah. kind of fun, you know, walking by that spot going into a game. Yeah, still wearing a Braves hat on baseball reference, though, so that's nice to see. All right, let's jump into our news and notes, and then we'll get right into our guys to watch and the Dodgers' pro- uh, the Dodgers in-depth look. So um, news and notes, a big, big piece of information that we need to go over because it does probably have implications all over the place, and that was the MLB announcement that the AAA minor league season is being pushed back by one month. For several reasons, as you can probably imagine, pandemic being one of those reasons, the fact that players might be needed a little bit more at the beginning of a season because teams breaking camp might experience some COVID outbreaks, vaccinations aren't quite um, readily available, which makes sense. I mean, they should be going to some of the elderly and to our medical professionals and to our teachers. I mean, not to brag, but they should be going to our teachers. So obviously those people are getting those vaccinations first. Eventually, of course, baseball players will be getting them. But I think that was one of the main reasons to uh, to ensure everybody's uh, we're not having so many canceled games like we did at the beginning of last season. I think another reason for it that I was hearing mentioned was the fact that these minor league stadiums are very non-profitable because, you know, you're not getting a lot of fans. So to have games without fans in the stands could be pretty disastrous for some of these towns across the country. So pushing that back a month gives at least a little bit of a chance for these stadiums to open up at a bigger capacity. And I think that's a pretty vital importance. But with all that being said, what do you think this means for prospects, dynasty and real life um, going forward? Yeah, it's going to have an interesting impact on a lot of the guys that, you know, could make big league rosters out of the camp, but might be held down for a few weeks for service time purposes. Jared Kelnick comes to mind um, because, you know, he was someone where it's like, okay, yeah, late April, they could call him up from uh, AAA so that they can hold him for another year. Um, But now he won't be getting AAA at bats every single day um during the month of april and it's just going to be at the alternate training sites they're going to have those camps again and the at-bats there although you can have you know those scrimmages it can try to make it as competitive as you want it's not quite the same so it's going to be interesting to see what this means for uh, guys like kelnick and others in that situation where you know will teams just hold them uh, down for however much longer and, and put him at the alternate training site? Or will they just say, screw it, and bring him onto the big league roster to start off um, so that they can get them the regular at-bats that they need? Yeah, and I should have mentioned that a little bit more clearly at the start. It will be an alternate camp that's taking place instead of the AAA season. And don't forget, AA and single A and all those other affiliations were already pushed back a month as well. So, Everything is going to be kind of starting at that same time. But, yeah, great points. I think we will see teams that maybe we're going to flip a coin with some of these prospects are going to maybe push them towards a major league roster, especially after some of those comments that were coming out from the Mariners side of camp might be a good way to make a good excuse to, okay, well, let's just get them up right away. 
That's the news and notes for this week. Let's go ahead and uh, jump into our ones to watch for spring training. We'll be right back to go over that. Spring training, spring training, and spring training. I know everybody's probably already watching it with uh, a religious type of set of eyes, but we're here to tell you who you need to be paying attention to that maybe is a little bit off the radar. I um, we, we got together to, to do two pitchers, two hitters each. And these are guys that, you know, some of them you already probably know you should be watching, and we're going to tell you more reasons why. And then I think we both have selected a few players that maybe you didn't know you need to be paying attention to that. Uh, maybe you can, you know, just check the box score, see how they're doing, see if they're making a push. Uh, we're going to see more helium in spring training than normal because we haven't seen these guys in a year, some of them. And if they get off to a great start in spring training, people are going to get really excited about them. And, and in fact, we'll start out with your guy because I think that's kind of happening right now since he's having such a great spring. But you mentioned Bobby Dahlbeck um, as one of your hitters to watch. So what was the, uh, what do you want to talk about, Bobby? I mean, with Bobby, I mean, didn't, didn't he just have like a pair of home runs today or something uh, here on Thursday? Like, um, he's got the power, and he's uh, someone that the Red Sox, I think, are really counting on for um, their future as, as Heim Bloom really kind of rebuilds that uh, Red Sox roster as they're kind of letting the old guard leave and, and bringing in the, the new group of prospects. And Bobby Dahlbeck's really kind of a big part of that. Those home runs were pretty impressive. They were yeah. opposite field, the ones at least today. Or Gotta love eating some, op- some Oppo tacos, man. Yeah, and delicious. It, it didn't even look like he was really swinging that hard, which is the biggest knock that people are using on Dahlbeck is that he's going to have a lot of swing and miss. But, man, that swing looks really easy, and that ball is jumping off of his bat. Yeah, it, it's absolutely incredible. When, when you got someone with easy power like that, you know, it's just so much stuff to to dream on. And like, yeah, I mean, you're down in like Florida and, um, you know, the ball can kind of fly out, you know, relatively easily down in spring training um, with, with the air down there. But, yeah, for, for Dahlbeck, I mean, the swing looks looks pretty and he's got the plenty of power behind it. So, you know, with him and, and Tristan Casas, you know, really kind of leading the way for that Red Sox. Uh, prospect group, you know, it, it, it's really kind of something to watch. And it's good to see for, for Red Sox fans, at least, um, that Dahlbeck is kind of jumping out there, especially after they got the news of of Jackie Bradley Jr. officially leaving in free agency. <laughs> I think that it's a good name to mention because it also, like you said, had kind of the secondary effect where if you're watching Dahlbeck and he does struggle, then you can guess that uh, Tristan Casas is coming up sooner rather than later. And then if he is doing really, really well, he's a guy that's not going to cost you a ton as compared to some of these other prospects. Um, he's pretty low on some of the top 100s that are pretty popular. So getting a Bobby Dahlbeck and then going at your owner and maybe mentioning that he might strike out 200 times and that his, you know, he has an even better prospect breathing down his neck. And if you do like what you see in spring training, I think Dahlbeck's a name to to go after. Um, I wanted to share my one of my hitters to watch over spring training, and he's been a favorite of mine for a very, very long time. It's uh, Spencer Torkelson's mate from Arizona State, Hunter Bishop, an outfielder 
from San Francisco. And as I was listening to our podcast last week, and I mentioned I had the Giants so high in the organizational rankings, and I mentioned a couple of guys, I can't believe that I forgot Hunter Bishop. He is literally hey, one of the man. main reasons why I love that system, because I see huge power, I see a decent hit tool, and I see some sneaky speed, like Cody Bellinger type of speed. In fact, that's the guy that he reminds me of when I see him swing, not saying that's a ceiling. Again, you know how I like to make those outrageous claims, but I see that type of game where a lot of power, a lot of good speed, very athletic, and he's just somebody I'm really, really excited for uh, to watch in spring training. Yeah, Hunter Bishop's a guy that, uh, as you mentioned, there's got plenty of power, and you know those the Giants are really kind of you know retooling as well, kind of like the the Red Sox there, and you know Bishop's really kind of going to be a, a big part of that, especially that uh, that future outfield with a guy like Helio Ramos in, in the future. Um, but yeah, Bishop, I mean, coming in, I mean, six foot five left-handed hitter. I mean, God, there, there's just so much to, to kind of dream on there, uh, with him. And it, it's really kind of, you know, as you mentioned, a, a loaded top of the system, uh, out there in San Francisco, you know, as much power as anyone. And, you know, he's also got speed as well. And you don't really see that kind of a, a power speed combination of, very often you know 60 grade power 60 grade speed um that's something that's that's pretty rare uh to find and someone that will be huge for for fantasy value because you know not only is he, is he going to get the home runs and the rbis and, and the extra base hits but he can get the stolen bases too again he's a guy when we're looking at dynasty that he might be a little bit lower on some people's lists because they're going to look at his debut in 2019 and it was a pretty weak debut in terms of batting average but they probably aren't going to be looking at the on base percentage which was a 438 as opposed to that 229 batting average and again such a small sample size that the average doesn't worry me at all it did hit five home runs stole eight bases in his debut I'm looking at his baseball reference page. He played 157 games in college, which is roughly the you know full season. 32 home runs, 114 RBIs, 20 stolen bases, 300 batting average, 400 on base percentage. I think that will play really, really nicely if he continues his ascent. Uh, he's had a terrible spring training so far. He's gone hitless, but that's why you need to start watching so we can get you know those positive vibes going for Mr. Hunter Bishop. Moving on, your second. Actually, let's go to the pitchers now. Let's uh, let's hear the pitcher that you want to have everybody keep their eyes on for spring training. Well, the, the guy that's really kind of jumped out to me, and really kind of not to be a a homer guy with with the Brewers, um, because you know that, that that's my team, that's my system. But Aaron Ashby uh, has really jumped out uh, to me when when I've watched him pitch. He, he's had a couple outings so far, two innings. He struck out every batter he faced. He, he's got six strikeouts. He just pitched today, and, and he struck out the side on like 11 pitches. He's got a 65-grade slider uh, to go along with his 95, 96-mile-an-hour fastball um, and, and two other pitches to go along with. He's just been nasty. Pitching Ninja has picked up on him. Uh, he's gotten some uh, highlights on there. And, yeah, it, it's just been... Uh, a big rising stock for Aaron Ashby uh, this year w with how he's performed. You know, Craig Council was was talking about, you know, the stuff that he saw. He, he's got messing with timing uh, of hitters. 
And he's someone that really has, has kind of jumped out to me. And, you know, he could even make his, his major league debut at some point this year. He hasn't played above high. He hasn't played above high A yet. Um, but he's someone that uh, really kind of could um, jump out. You know, with last year, he made a lot of improvements uh, to his stuff. And now he's really kind of showing them off in, in spring training. So for him, I mean, he, he could be in Milwaukee by the end of the year. Here's a guy that has 135 strikeouts, 126 innings in 2019. I like that. The one thing I'm looking at here, and again, I'm not going to pretend to know more about this guy than you. You're the Brewers guy after all. But I do see 4.3 walks per nine. So has mm. the control been improving? Have you heard reports anything about that? That scares me a little bit. But otherwise, everything else looks solid. Yeah, so so when I talked to him on uh... – on my own podcast, my uh, the, the Cold Brew podcast that, that I host that, that just kind of focuses on the brewers, uh, had him on there uh, to talk to him. And, you know, that, that's kind of one of the things that uh, he's been working on. And so far in spring training, it, it certainly seems to have been uh, paying off. He hasn't really been, been missing much. He hasn't walked anybody uh, to this point. You know, he, he's only had two innings, but he's been getting a lot of swings and misses. Uh, hitters are really just kind of looking uncomfortable in the box against him, And he's been around the zone and he's been, um, yeah, showing off that command. It certainly looks much improved over what he showed in, in 2019. Yeah, and I can't fault you for picking a brewer. I get, I give you one. You have more on the list here. Dude, I, I've been, I've been like seeing those two outings and just seeing the stuff. And seeing that 65-grade slider in action, like, man, I, I, I'm so excited about him. Uh, he has walked one batter, by the way, in spring training. So he does oh, have well, career bad, average 4.5 <laughs> walk per nine for spring training. Short sample size. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's nice to hear that he, he recognizes that. I think that's really what I want people to focus on is that he understands that, and that's an important thing for pitchers. Um, just getting up there and throwing, it's not going to work no matter where you're at. Um, I'll go over here to my pitcher, and this is a guy that I think actually will make his debut in the majors, and that is Chris Rodriguez. He is a right-handed flamethrower for the Los Angeles Angels, and I say that twofold. One, the Angels have a terrible pitching staff, and I think that he <laughs> might be the third best pitcher already. And second, he has had some great helium in terms of rising up rankings. I think a lot of people... Um, write him off because of his, you know, his injury history, but he seems to be fully healthy. He's been upper nineties, even hitting 98, 99 in the alternate spot. So this is again, kind of a two pronged attack for me. He's has a lot of great opportunity at, ahead of in front of him if he seizes it. And I truly do believe in the talent. He is uh, a potential front of the line starter for the, the angels, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and he was certainly a guy that I was looking at as well. But since uh, you, you showed your list uh, to me before I made up mine, uh, I, I ended up not including him. So I had to throw Ashby in there um, for sure. But, yeah, Rodriguez is a guy that, that's shown up some nasty stuff in camp. You know, watching some some videos of him, like it's just his slider and his changeup is just so nasty. It's nasty. Um, and, and he's been he's – been, having plenty of success there in an angels camp. And, and he's someone that, yeah, as you mentioned, has a lot of helium and that angels pitching staff needs as much help as it can get. And he's certainly someone that should be uh, on the roster 
uh, this year and, and should be making an impact at the big league level for that team because now they they finally have some some pitching coming up through the minors. They haven't had any for forever. Uh, now they got Chris Rodriguez and then uh, their first round pick last year, Reed Detmers. He should probably be um, you know coming along fairly soon to the big league level. He, he can be a quick riser. So, you know, hopefully that Angels rotation can help get Mike Trout into the playoffs for once. Um, and and Chris Rodriguez is likely going to be a big part of that. Yeah, and he's had a good spring as well. Very similar to Aaron Ashby had his uh, one inning or actually it was two thirds of an inning. Struck out both batters he faced, um, had a really good return after his uh, Tommy John surgery in 2018, where he uh he only pitched three games, nine innings, but didn't allow a run, struck out 13 over nine and a third. So a guy that we haven't seen a lot of, but if this is what he is, then we have an ace. Let's go ahead and move on back to the hitters. What can you what can you tell us about your other hitter that you're going to be watching during the spring? Well, my, my other hitter that I'm going to be watching is probably someone that a lot of people are going to be watching, and that's Adley Rutschman of the Orioles. And you know, the former uh, number one overall pick, switch hitting catcher, uh, really kind of the, the future centerpiece of, of that Orioles team. And, you know, I, I want to see how close he is to being big league ready. You know, really kind of Orioles, the Orioles and, and Orioles fans are just kind of waiting on Adley Rutschman to arrive uh, with, with, you know, the big 60 grade hit tool, 65 grade power, uh, strong defender. You know, really kind of everything you could want in a catcher. Um, so I just kind of want to see, is he getting to be, uh, is he close enough to big league ready? Will he make his debut this year? Will he have to wait um, another year? Is it going to take until maybe something like September? Um, because he, he only made it up to, to A ball in 2019. Um, so it really kind of remains to be seen, you know, how far up he, he could have made it in 2020 if there was a minor league season. And, you know, if he's going to spend some time down in double uh, A or in triple A, I'm assuming he's not going to break opening day with the club just because the Orioles will want to manipulate his service time. So they keep him for an extra year, but they're not at least going to be dumb enough to say that out loud. <laughs> no. We're in number 96 in camp. It's never a good sign for breaking with the team, but obviously yeah. the number one overall pick has a lot of eyes on him already, but a guy that you have to be watching both. If you're a regular baseball fan or a dynasty fan, he's going to be very, very intriguing off to a uh, one for five start so far in spring. I hope we just see a ton of at bats from him. I'm just, I'm just ready oh, to yeah. see everything that he has to offer. Um, another guy that I'm going to go with for, somebody to watch is a shortstop ish. I, I don't know if he's going to stick there, but it's Jordan Groshans from Toronto. And I think he gets overlooked in the system a little bit just because of all the young talent that's up there. The fact that Toronto's kind of going for it all already, but he's a guy that's coming up and I, I love it. If he would be able to play shortstop, I've heard ups and downs about that possibility. I tend to, again, lean towards not being able to stick it short. But even if he's a third baseman, I think that he's going to bring a really good hit tool. And I think he has some major power as well. I think those two skills are very, very advanced for a guy his age. The 12th overall pick in 2018. Again, I just don't know why people aren't talking more about him. 
Um, what do you think about Jordan Groshans? Am I just kind of seeing something that nobody else has seen and maybe I'm the wrong one or, uh, what are your thoughts on him? No, I mean, I, I like him. I, I think he's a, a good hitter and, and a really good player, but you know, also when you look at that Blue Jays team, I mean, you got, was it Bo Bichette there at shortstop uh, at the big league level? Um, you got Austin Martin that they just drafted this year, another, a shortstop guy who, I mean, really, he just kind of fell into the lap, so they kind of had to take him regardless of position. Um, but, yeah, Groshans is a guy. I mean, he, he's a little bit you know, bigger for a shortstop at 6'3", 205, so I could certainly see him uh, going over to third base, and he's got the 60-grade arm, so you know, he, he'd certainly have the arm strength to play third. So that, that could certainly be his spot for him going forward. He, he probably won't stick at shortstop, especially with um, – the current uh, group of short or the current shortstop situation at the big league level in Toronto. So, yeah, but, but he's a really good hitter and you know, that bat, I mean, you'll, you'll find a way to get him into the lineup. Absolutely. Yeah. That doesn't worry me in terms of his future. If he plays for Toronto, or if he doesn't in terms of dynasty, what do I care? I just need him to get at bats. We forget, I think, I mean, I forgot until I even like looked him up a little bit closer uh, 19 years old in 2019, hit 337 with a 427 on base percentage in only 23 games, 96 plate appearances. Did go through some injuries in 2019, but that's pretty darn good for a 19-year-old. Um, so also his brother is named Jax with two X's. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I find that awesome. So, uh, you know, if you have a brother that's is awesome, most likely you're probably pretty awesome too. So keep an eye on Jordan Grochance. He is, again, is that how both, that works. That's how it works. Both of my do you, hitters. Do you have I, an awesome brother, Alex? No, I'm an only child, actually. Fun fact. Oh. I've taken all the talent and put it into myself. So I don't even share. <laughs> My talent. Now, I picked Hunter Bishop, Jordan Groshans. Neither of them have gotten a hit in the spring training. So mm. I might have been way off on those two. Um, let's go back to the uh, pitching side of it. Uh, and let's go over our, our last couple pitchers here. So who do you got for the pitching? So for my second pitcher here, I've got uh, the former number two overall pick in the 2017 draft. Hunter Green uh, coming back from Tommy John surgery. Uh, reports out of spring training have him chucking 103 miles an hour. Uh, so that's when you're chucking 103, when, when you got triple digits showing on the radar gun in the first week of spring training, that is someone you have to keep an eye on. So he was a, uh, a slam dunk uh, to mix my sports references, a slam dunk inclusion on this list. Yeah, and he's a guy that's been saying that he's going to debut in the majors this year, which I, I just love. And I think we've talked about him in the past, I think, in one of the news and notes sections where we're like, we just want him to make it, not even for fantasy purposes, but just to watch a guy pumping 101 like it's nothing. You know, his delivery and release is just so smooth. Of course, the injury risk scares the crap out of you for a guy that throws that hard but yeah I think another I think that's kind of the theme here is guys that maybe got drafted 2018 2019 they didn't get to play last year we didn't hear much about them at the alt sites these are guys that are below the radar right now and everybody wants that 2020 first year player from you know that they've seen a five second clip on YouTube and that's the guy um, or they want, you know, these guys that had some hype in the alt sites and that's all well and good and you might be right. But don't forget about these guys. 
Um, really good, really good choice. I'm glad you brought him up. And then we're going to finish here with my pitching guy here. Uh, you know, I'm all about helium. The guy's rising up the ranks and Quinn Priester is a guy that is rapidly going up ranks. I've seen him really, really highly ranked on many, many lists. Another hard thrower. He has really developed some velocity since being drafted and similar to the angels, his path to the big, to the big leagues is seemingly very easy as the Pittsburgh Pirates seem to not care what the final score is of any of their games. <laughs> Much to the delight of Brewers fans, I'm sure. Nice oh, to get yeah, yeah. easy wins. But uh, Quinn Priester might actually make it a little bit difficult when he does get up. So I don't think we're seeing him debut this year, and we haven't seen him in spring yet. But if he can maybe get a start or two, I would love to see if that velocity is staying because it is new. It's, you know, alt-site data we don't know if it's true or not or how accurate it is i guess i should say but if it's accurate man we got something here um even if it is a pirate yeah and you know i mean who knows how uh, he'll end up developing at the big league level and as we all know the pirates kind of have a history of getting these really talented pitching prospects and not getting the most out of them uh garrett cole excuse me uh so <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, Priester's a guy that, yeah, uber talented, as you were mentioning there, just 20 years old, um, prototypical build, 6'3", 210, a uh, lot to like there with him. And, you know, it, it may not be right away when you see him at the big league level, but, you know, the the Pirates can afford to take their time a little bit. Um, they, they got a couple prospects that are they're getting up and ready, namely Cabrian Hayes. Um, but they, yeah, they got, uh, a really talented one here in Priester, their best pitching prospect. And, you know, since they traded away Joe Musgrove, um, for, for your guy over oh, there, yeah. Hudson head, oh, yeah. um, yeah. you know, they, they got plenty of openings in that rotation. Absolutely. And it's like a car crash. You can't look <laughs> away. So either way, Quinn Priester is either going to be awesome and you're going to be awesome for knowing about it before everybody else and that's worth watching or he's going to be ruined by the pittsburgh pirates and that is fun to watch as well and then so, get traded to the astros and then dominate and then yeah. sign a 300 million either way contract. a guy you should be watching <laughs> all right so hopefully that could help you out just to go over those names really quick i had mentioned hunter bishop outfielder giants jordan groshans shortstop third baseman toronto blue jays your hitters were catcher adley rutschman orioles and first baseman Bobby Dahlbeck from the Red Sox and our pitchers were Quinn Priester that we just went over right now from the Pirates, Chris Rodriguez from the Angels, and you selected Hunter Green and Aaron Ashby. Uh, Hunter Green, of course, from the Reds and Aaron Ashby from uh, what, what team was he again? Uh, the Brewers. Oh, that's yeah. right. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Um, I think it's going to do it for that. Let's go ahead and get into some Dodger prospects, even though I don't really want to. I hate the Dodgers, but we will uh, join the club, buddy. I know. I mean, I think every they're becoming the Yankees. They're becoming the Yankees. But we're going to treat Nate with yeah. respect, give him the time he deserves to go over the system. It's actually a really fascinating system. So uh, we'll be right back right after this to talk to Nate and Dodgers prospects. And it is with great pleasure to introduce another Californian. His name is Nate Eckert. He is our correspondent for the Los Angeles Dodgers on Prospects1500.com. Nate, thank you for joining us. And how are you doing tonight? Of course. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure. I've been looking forward to it. I am doing wonderful. Um, excited to talk about these Dodgers uh, futures. 
I'm still a tad bitter when it comes to the Dodgers. As a Braves fan, we were so close and you took it from us. But alas, we don't need to talk about the major league talent. We're here to talk about the minor league talent. So can you give us a brief overview on the state of the system? Mm-hmm. Um, just we'll go over the players in depth, of course, but just give us an overview on where you're where the Los Angeles Dodgers are at right now. Yeah, of course. Um, it, the Dodgers, I, in my opinion, have one of, if not the best uh, player development systems in baseball. Uh, right now, because we just won the championship, a lot of times, like take uh, the uh, Nationals, for example, after they win the title, uh, there's sometimes a lull after after obtaining it, or like the Cubs in, uh, when they broke the curse. Um, but with the Dodgers, there's, I think, a lot of what makes up their success and their consistency, it all starts in the farm system. So uh, just this last draft, uh, the Dodgers went pitcher heavy and uh, high high ceiling um, picks. Uh, Bobby Miller is arguably my favorite pitcher, other than Josiah. Uh, that was out of uh, Louisville. He was their first rounder, um, along with Clayton Beater and Landon Knack, also college arms, uh, both righties, all three righties actually. Um, just kind of the horses that you want to eat up innings. And once they're in that, that Dodgers uh, system, you know, the sky's the limit. Once they start to, uh, um, once they get coached up and uh, develop more of the pro game, as opposed to just you know, the raw college, not that colleges aren't great at uh, building players, but the, the Dodgers system, I think, uh, it plays a big it plays a big part. So even though we just won and we've been trying to win for the past three years, I think our system is is still on the up. Uh, we may have dipped a little bit. Our hitting needs to probably step it up a little bit. But like Michael Bush was drafted in 2019. Uh, he's a stud. And uh, I, I think all in all, we're in a good spot. So you're telling me that you have all the money to spend a legitimate World Series roster and some of the best player development in the league. So why are we even doing this podcast, David? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I mean, they got a lot of guys to look at, but yeah, it's just kind of the the envy of everybody else. Absolutely. Now let's get started here on kind of some of the questions we have about your system. Before we do, though, if somebody is looking at your list on prospects. 1500.com and they know anything about anything they're probably wondering uh, why the heck Wilman Diaz isn't on your list so did you want to just do a little asterisk mention about him and maybe oh, where yeah. he would slot in the list that you have yeah currently absolutely absolutely he was um I wasn't entirely sure if they it was I wrote the article right during that time where he was signing or not signing and I could only solidify uh, the catcher that they got, uh, like at least. Um, but even still, I wanted to mention. I meant I did mention both of them in the introduction of the article. They just weren't in the list proper. Uh, that's that's my mistake. Uh, I should have put them both in the list. I would say Diaz is every bit of. Um, let's see here. I put him in. In the top 10 
for sure. Probably right around nine, right, right above their other uh, baby prospect from uh, the Dominican. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Venezuela, Luis Rodriguez. I'd put him right, right above hmm. Rodriguez. I like Willem Diaz a lot. Uh, his frame is about as solid as they get. He's got a really nice swing from the right. And uh, his defense is advanced as well. So another one of those kids, you get him into the proper system and the sky's the limit. I love Diaz. Huge fan. Angulis. All right. Well, then here's the actual list you have here. I'm, I'm actually a little surprised to hear you put him down in the nine range. I was thinking more like top five. I've seen him, you know, as high as number one on some of these lists. So I'm assuming that has something to do with the fact you haven't seen him live yet. I mean, the potential is number one. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, potential. Absolutely. Um, It's just, it's hard for me to put him ahead of guys like uh, Michael Bush and Clayton Beater and Bobby Miller and, and I mean, Josiah Gray uh, and Hosey. Because those guys have our, I mean, when you're a 17, 16, 18-year-old from out of the country, I haven't seen them in, in real life. I've only been able to see what I've seen in the very sparse video that you can find on YouTube. Um, I can go off of what, of other, what other people have said, but the eye test for me is just not there. I haven't seen it. But he definitely has the potential to be a number one prospect. There's no doubt about it. But he's got a lot of years ahead of him. I mean, uh, it's very rare that a kid gets promoted into the bigs by the time he's still in his teens, let alone at short, which is already a position that we're doing well at right now. So um, it's, you know, it's a plethora of riches in the system. And I just would have rather, I'd rather took, a uh, a more conservative stand on Diaz, even though I'm really excited about him. Yeah, that's fair enough. Okay, let's get into your number one then, Josiah Gray, a right-handed pitcher, already 23. So my basic guess here as a person looking outside at the system is that he's going to be up pretty soon. Of course, there's always the caveat of where is he going to find innings. But what can you tell us about Josiah Gray, right-handed pitcher? Josiah Gray, um, as I said in my article, has probably one of the livest and uh, less worked arms in any elite uh, upper tier um, part of any system across the bigs. What I mean is any any pitcher that has uh, a number one or a number two hanging over his head for a top 30 or a top 50 like ours, uh, I, I can almost guarantee that he's got less innings on his arm than even maybe some high schoolers. He didn't start starting pitching until he was a junior in college. He played shortstop until then. And uh, he actually did his first start at the Cape uh, in 2017, I believe. And from that point forward, he's just, he's just been, he's, he's been a rocket ship up the, uh, up, up the uh, rankings and everything just comes really natural to him. Uh, he's got great stuff, very live arm, uh, good arm side fade to his, uh, four seam. 
I think that there's a, a chance for a two scene, but I would like to see him kind of uh, use that rise that he's got. It's in the 95 to 97-ish range. Um, I've been waiting to see him this spring. I don't think he's had an appearance yet, but um, he's, he's a horse. You know, he's, he's got the body for it. Um, everything about Josiah Gray. Uh, I'm really excited about. And I do think that he will make it up at some point this year. I hate to wish injuries upon anyone, especially the Dodgers and our and our team, you know, but sometimes that's all it takes, you know. Sometimes that's, that's what it takes to get a shot, especially in the rotation and especially after Trevor Bauer signs. I mean, I mean, geez, we've got Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin, and Julio, the Iceman, Furious fighting for a fifth spot in the rotation just right now. So, I mean, it it would take a a litany of injuries for uh, Gray to make (laughs) to make it into that rotation. Now, I'm not wishing that, but just uh, just out of sheer curiosity, I would love to see what he did against the bigs um, over, you know, a sample size large enough that we could get a good idea um, on on what he's really made of. But as far as I'm concerned, the kid is, uh, he's bold. Yeah, it certainly seems that way for kind of a lot of the Dodgers. Uh, top prospects are coming up. You know, as soon as they're up there, it's like, where, where do you put them? You had the same yeah. thing kind of with Gavin Lux. You know, where, where do you find at-bats for him? And, mm-hmm. you know, especially mm-hmm. now with, with Justin Turner back uh, on a multi-year deal, uh, your number two guy, Cody Hosey, um, you know, it, it's going to be hard for him to kind of find at-bats in the somewhat near future. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you had him in your tier two category. Uh, what, what can you tell us about, you know, Hosey and his path to the big leagues? Yeah, Hosey was a uh, kind of one of those those late bloomer, uh, you know, rocket ship kind of prospects that uh, explodes his um, junior year, which was 2019 uh, in college at Tulane. Uh, the, the two seasons prior, he just hadn't developed the, the real pop uh, in his swing. Um, but he did, he did in, uh, in, 20, in 2019. He went, uh, let's see here, he had better overall numbers than J.J. Blade, Hunter Bishop, and Spencer Torkelson in some categories uh, throughout the entire year. I mean, we're talking like uh, OPS plus like 1,100, um, well into the 20s in home runs, uh, 330 batting average. I mean, the kid absolutely annihilated the ball in 2019, and and he's done from the from the the light work that we've seen him do since he was with the Ogden Raptors uh team we were talking about earlier but uh for for 2019 he he actually was promoted from uh single a rookie ball to uh the Raptors which I believe is their single a full season but he didn't get uh too many at bats I mean I think he was there for a month like the last month of the season or so but uh Hosey's Hosey's he's another He's another stud, another horse. Uh, he's got, he's like 6'2", um, just shredded, like 215, um, 
hits the ball with a ton of force, uh, a ton of anger, and um, and but he also has an eye and he knows when to hit. I mean, when he sees his opportunity, he takes it. Uh, he doesn't miss typically, at least not yet in his young career. And uh, the sky's the limit for Cody Hosey for sure. Picked in that same draft with Hosey is infielder Michael Bush. And he's a Mm -hmm. guy, again, that it's hard to say you're getting helium, but a few guys seem to be getting that. And he is one of those guys I've been hearing over and over as a big riser in this offseason. So Mm -hmm. number four, still pretty high. But what can you tell us about Michael Bush, 23-year-old? What can you tell us about him? Yeah, he, uh, he went to UNC. Uh, he's a hitter's hitter, you know. Uh, I compare him to uh, a younger, uh, maybe even more polished Chase Utley when they were at the same points in their career. Uh, he's also got a little lefty Justin Turner in him from when Turner came up also. not I mean, before he was even a Dodger, uh, back when he was with the Mets, he was still a really good player. He's always been a really good player, but... Um, Bush uh, is a hit first, power second, but the power is is also there. It's uh, it's plus game power. He continues to get bigger physically. His eye is absurd. Uh, barely swings at anything that he shouldn't. Uh, and his contact rate and what he does with that contact, it, it's on an elite level as well. It, it speaks to also UNC's program. Uh, they've been they've been doing quite well uh, over the past I don't know five six years and I think that they're ha- I think that they're a, a system that's on the rise as well a program that's on the rise. Um, yes, Bush is exciting because he's already doing it. Uh, I mean, I know it's a minute sample size, but right now uh, in spring training, I think his average is only 250 because he has <laughs> maybe four at-bats or three at-bats. But in those at-bats, you watch him, and he, he looks like he's been there for 10 years already. Uh, he wrote the double that uh, I think wrapped off the wall, if I'm not mistaken. And the other two times I saw him in the game, he was already on base. So, I mean, that's that just speaks to the type of offensive uh, firepower that, that Mike Bush brings to the Dodgers uh, system. Then at number five, you got uh, Kiebert Ruiz, uh, one of the top catching prospects in baseball. And, you know, the, the Dodgers for <clears throat> for a while have had two really solid catching prospects in Ruiz and Will Smith. But at least to me, it, it appears that Smith has uh, taken over the starting catcher job for the Dodgers, and he doesn't appear likely to relinquish it anytime soon. So for Ruiz to get his biggest or, or his best fantasy value um, mm-hmm. should <clears throat> should owners be hoping for a real life trade of, of Kybert Ru- or Kiebert Ruiz um, to really yes. kind of get the most out of them. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, they're not, I don't think that the DH is going to get pushed through this year. I mean, they're still in talks, nope. but uh, it doesn't look like it will. So yeah, Ruiz is, he's, he's a better well, I can't say that right now because Smith has done it at the pro level. But it was rumored to be that Kiebert was a better catching catcher than Smith was prior. And Smith is a, is a damn good catcher. 
from behind the plate, his framing is outstanding. But when Will started hitting the ball last year and in the playoffs and even the year prior uh, before that, he he's a real, I mean, he's the real deal. He's one of the best hitters in baseball. If you were able to take his stats from uh, last year and the season before that and put them together, you're looking at some of the best numbers in all of baseball, not just catching numbers, but just in general. Hard hit rate and uh, um, uh, weighted on base average, you know, the more advanced stats they back it up. So Kiebert, I think, is going to, is going to benefit from a trade. Absolutely. They also have Austin Barnes still, and Barnes was huge in the World Series. Um, I, before the World Series, wasn't that high on Austin Barnes, I'll admit. Um, He kind of won me over because of his, like, one clutch hit that he had, but that was a huge (laughs) clutch hit. Um, And uh, just to see Ruiz rise, because he's as talented as they come, you know, uh, I think he's pure lefty. He may be a, hold on. No, he's uh my bad. He's uh both. So he's a switch hitting catcher and he's still only 22. And this kid has been on the top prospect lists. What seems like for 20 years, but he's 22. And, uh, and even when he was in the, he made a cup of coffee last year and he did really well. Uh, during that phase as well so just to see the kid kind of flourish you're almost hoping for for a trade and if you owned him and dynasty and such uh most definitely uh you're hoping for a trade i knew this was going to happen just these flashbacks of moments from the postseason and now i have <laughs> will smith versus will smith at bat oh yeah yeah, yeah will smith won that one <laughs> Let's move on here. Um, do, <laughs> yes, <laughs> the most sarcastic. Let's move on ever. Now, um, love this, love this analysis. Um, so let's go ahead and switch it up though a little bit so that we can do more names with a little bit less detail. Sure. We're gonna do a rapid fire round for you. And All for right. those of you that don't know, and for Nate, <laughs> if you don't know, I'm just gonna give a name. And if you can, I know it's hard because you love these guys, but if you could get one sentence only to describe sure. something about them, something that we just need to know. And uh, I'll go ahead and start off, and then um, I'll try to get as many names as uh, you know I find interesting. And David, if I miss anybody, feel free to jump in there um, at the end. So I'm going to start you off here with uh, our friend here that we just learned how to correctly pronounce his names, and a PSA for everybody. It's Andy Pahays. It's not Pages. So don't sound like an idiot and say pages if you are out there. It's Pahays. <laughs> Just, what, can, what can you tell us about Andy Pahays? Pahays is uh, probably the one of the best 20-year-old hitting prospects in baseball. He's from Cuba. Uh, he's very big in stature, but his hands are soft. And when he makes contact, it launches. I love Pahays. I'm I'm an English teacher. Uh, is, that might have been a run-on sentence, but we'll count it. Uh, <laughs> number ten. Number ten. Luis Rodriguez, outfielder. Very young still, but he has nothing but talent and in the right system. Obviously, Dodgers. He shall. Uh, he should be a really good prospect in the years to come. I'm excited about this next uh, this season coming up. Thirteen right-handed pitcher Jimmy Lewis. Jimmy Lewis 
is uh, a youngster, a high schooler from Texas. He actually played for the same team as Brett Beatty. Uh, 6'6", huge curveball, good velocity. He should be in the rotation within three years. Somehow you got Kendall Williams for Ross Stripling from Toronto. <laughs> what can you tell us about Kendall Williams, right-handed pitcher? I love Kendall Williams. He may be my favorite pitcher in the whole, the whole lot of them. Six uh, six again went to IMG Academy. We all know that that school, that high school, is uh, becoming the Vanderbilt of high school baseball. Uh, tall, velo, hammer curve, looks like a small Cindergard. I mean, not small, but a young Cindergard. Uh, number seventeen, DJ. I can't st- believe he's still around. Peters. Yeah, no, no kidding. Power, power, power. I don't know if this is a runoff sentence, but power, power, power. Peters is also really fast. He's as he's athletic as they come. He's already hit like a 440-foot bomb. He just hit it yesterday or the day before. I love this kid, but with the Dodgers, it's hard to play. But we'll hope he, we'll hope that he gets in there. At number 19, third baseman Devin Mann. Devin Mann uh, also making his, I guess you could call it, spring debut this year. Uh, also uh, good hands, third baseman, good size. Um, a good overall prospect for the Dodgers. I'm going to go down just a little bit on you here. Number 28, Jacob Amaya, a shortstop second baseman. Jacob Amaya, um, I admit he should be higher than where he was uh, in the list. That is my mistake. Uh, I said that on Twitter. Once one of Somebody who read it mentioned it. Uh, yes, he should be higher than 28. I'd probably put him in, that, in the top 20 for sure. Amaya's got great hands, great hitter, uh, and he's young, and he's in the right system. So uh, he's also exciting. My last one for now, number 34, Christian Santana, third baseman. Santana's a beast. Um, He's got a lot of good power. um, He's probably got more um, work to do just as a uh, a, uh, a all-around game is concerned. I don't know if he'll stick at third, um, but he he has big pop, big pop. David, did uh, I forget anybody that you wanted to mention there? Yeah, yeah, I got a couple here that, oh, that I can mention here, uh, bring up to him. Um, all right, so I'll, I'll do my own little rapid-fire round here. Sure. And I'll start kind of back closer to the top. And, and one of my favorite guys um, in, in the draft this last year, number eight, Clayton Beater, right-handed mm. pitcher. Yes, Beater's stuff is um, is elite. Everything about him screams uh, fast. I mean, everybody, everything about him screams strikeout. Uh, I think that the Dodgers will work with his delivery a bit because I think uh, it's all arm right now. But but that's even more impressive because once they get him to drive from the legs more. Uh, the the sky will be the limit for him. He could be the next best closer in baseball. Oh, that, that, that's a big one there at the end. Um, dropping out a bit more down to 16, Zach McKinstry. Hmm. McKinstry has been uh, a prospect on the edge of making it to the big league club now for what seems like forever. Uh, but I think this year will be his year. Um, Roberts has already uh, confirmed it by saying that they plan on using him everywhere. I think he'll be the left 
left-handed bat to Chris Taylor's right-handed bat as the utility. Mm. At uh, 25, Mitchell White, right-handed pitcher. Mitchell White's got nothing but talent. Uh, he's had some bad breaks with uh, injuries. However, if, if he can bounce back from his latest one and, and put together a good month or two, uh, we could definitely see White in some type of fashion uh, at the, in the big leagues this year. All right, then the, my last one, what in the world has happened to him? 39, Jaron Kendall, uh, the outfielder. A, I, had a feeling, <laughs> I had a feeling this would be one of them. Kendall <laughs> is uh, probably one of the most athletic uh, prospects still in baseball. His speed and his his power – when he hits the ball, which is now it's been proven to be seldom, but when he does, he makes really hard contact and he could still, he could still steal 40 bases. So it's those tools that make him so compelling yet. He has still, and this is kind of one knock on the, on the Dodgers uh, uh, front office. He hasn't been above, single a advanced yet in his entire career which i found astounding so i mean just throw him out there to the wolves if he if he you know he swims wonderful if not you know it's a that's a a first rounder wasted unfortunately Uh, it happens to you know every organization and yeah, I, I think he definitely would have, you know, risen up there last year had we had a minor league season. But yeah, yes. they definitely got to put him up there to Double A or, or something. Something. And like you mentioned, there's sink or swim for for Jaron Kendall. He's 25 already. Yeah, yeah. The long, long, long lost are those days when after he was taken as a first rounder that we thought he was the the next, you know, center fielder for the next 10, 15 years, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up our Dodgers talk here with a couple of questions that I have, and it's all about the tools. We Now that we know a bunch of these guys, we got a little bit more familiar with them, I just want to give everybody a chance to, you know, get their flavor of choice. So if you're looking for some power, for some speed or whatnot, I want you to give me the names that go along with those tools, okay? So I'll, I'll give you a tool. You tell me who has the best tool in the system. If you want to give an explanation, that's fine. If you just want to mention the name. We could probably get some more done, but it's your choice on how you want to go about that. But okay. right. for me, I always need to know who has the most raw power in your, in the Dodger system. This is a two-way tie between Brandon Lewis, who played for um, – uh, I'm sorry. I can't think of the name that he played for in college. But there uh, – it was Cal, Cal State uh, – here it is, Cal State Irvine. No, I'm sorry, UC Irvine, which has one of the biggest home it's stadiums. Yeah. Yes, exactly. has <laughs> one of the biggest uh, home stadiums in the country, uh, and the fence is about 40 feet tall, and he hit uh, 14 home runs over that monster. And him and DJ Peters, obviously, that's, that's, a, no, that's a no-brainer. So those two, those two beasts – Best fastball in the system. That's a good one. Got to go with Josiah Gray right now, this this very moment. I like to say Bobby Miller, 
uh, and apparently he has improved quite a bit on his spin rate uh, just from last year in the 60 man. But right now I have to say Gray. He's got a beautiful 95 mile an hour riser. Best chance to give us 2020 or better. Let's see. We got to go with uh, the, one of the draftees this year, um, Jake Vogel. It won't be for a little bit, but if Vogel can develop and he's in the right spot to do so, uh, he's got a ton of speed and he's got some really good pop in that right-handed swing. So that, there we are, 2020. The highest floor, meaning the pitcher that's most likely to make it to the big leagues if you had to bet, doesn't have to be an ace, but the guy that you're most confident making the majors. Ryan Pepiot. I, I ranked him number six overall, and I'll tell you why. His changeup is absolutely disgusting. I was hoping you were going to ask me best changeup. His changeup uh, breaks about 10, 15, about 10, 15 inches arm side. He's a righty. And he's got a really good fastball, and he has a, a more than serviceable uh, curve and or slider. Awesome. All right. Well, we're pretty much at the end here of the segment for the Dodgers. So I did want to give you one last chance. You have one more prospect that we have not gone over. If you feel the need to, no pressure. But if you have one more guy you just have to talk about, now's the time. So do you have yeah. anything like that? Absolutely. Let's see here. We only we only just mentioned them. I don't know. I mean, I mentioned them as part of uh, a summary for someone else. But uh, Landon Knack, I put him at number eleven on my list, top fifty. He came out of uh, let's see here, was it Tennessee State? I believe uh, a small. No, I'm sorry, East Tennessee State, Etsu. Um, <laughs> he was. Uh, Undrafted until his final year, the Dodgers took a big chance on him. Uh, he's a horse of a, of a pitcher. Um, he, he had a stellar uh, 1.08 ERA through just those 25 innings that he put together in uh, 2020. However, um, he's, he's about as uh, solid physically as you can get from a pitcher. And since he's in the Dodgers system, I think that he'll be coached up. And uh, <clears throat> I think he'll be a fast riser as well. Landon Mack. Nate, I hate you. <laughs> I hate Dodgers, but <laughs> I must admit, I'm very impressed with uh, your insight and your analysis on these guys. I learned quite a bit. I really do appreciate you coming on in all seriousness. Thank you. Can you use this last uh, second or two to tell the people where they can find you on Twitter, what you're working on for the site, and anything else you want to plug here now? Yes, absolutely. Um, on Twitter, my uh, username is GQ underscore underscore 82. And that's GQ underscore underscore 82. Uh, I'm actually writing a piece for uh, the IBWAA on uh, congratulating the Aquasox, the Mariners' single now single-A advanced team. And uh, I plan on coming out with my next article for Prospects 1500 uh, very, very soon. Fantastic. And uh, I think that's going to do it for us here on the podcast. Again, this was the Futures Focus podcast presented by Prospects 1500. Please check out the site. We got new material coming up almost daily, if not every other day. 
You can find me, Alex Sanchez, on Twitter, Alex underscore W underscore Sanchez. You can find my co-host here, David Gasper, on Twitter at DGasper24. And we really, really do appreciate everybody listening, taking the time, especially if you've made it all the way till the end of the podcast. Thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> You're amazing. We appreciate it. But uh, since you made it this far, maybe you like the podcast and you can give us five stars. That would be great. Um, otherwise, we will be back next week. Thank you again. And uh, hope everybody has a wonderful week. Enjoy spring training, fellas, and we'll talk soon.